the senator's been shot. In the tragic confusion, Bruce Wayne escapes to change secretly to that dread Avenger, the Batman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Brave and the Bob, episode three. And this is going to be a good one, and it's going to be fun because I have a crazy comic and a new guest to the network here. Uh, this is somebody I haven't talked to on any of my shows before. So this is going to be fun. I have uh, a, a uh, compatriot from the Superblog team up here, uh, Evan Bevins. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing very well as well. Uh, you know, we've been uh, kicking around uh, a few different issues about the Brave and the Bold that, you know, you uh, really are into. And we settled on uh, this one here, the Brave and the Bold 85 from... Uh, August, September, uh, 1969. So, uh, why do you really love this one? What, what is it about this one without getting into any, uh, too many details you really like about it? Well, uh, number one is green arrow. Um, I, uh, I grew up a Marvel guy just reading DC occasionally, but green arrow quickly became my, my favorite DC character. I think it was thanks to uh, green lantern, green arrow, number one twenty. Uh, I just got it at a, uh, had a flea market downtown uh, where I grew up that always had comics, and that was one of the ones I grabbed, and I just I read that that thing to pieces. So uh, I was always a Green Arrow fan for a long time, and then uh, a friend of mine had given I think I got this uh, showcase edition, Brave and the Bold, the Batman team ups uh, as a Christmas gift, and flipped through there, and not only was there Green Arrow, but I guess this was the uh, the first of Neil Adams' redesign of Green Arrow from the uh, the familiar. Uh, I call it the classic costume, even though I guess it, it's not the first costume. But mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the the Green Arrow I, I always think of. I remember I used to write uh, a column for a, a publication where I work uh, about comics, and I would do New Year's resolutions for uh, comic book characters, and uh, you know I would try to throw in some of the ones on TV and movies, you know, for the people who didn't always read the comics. And that was when Arrow was really big, and my resolution. I'm sorry. Well, Arrow was big, but it was also after the New 52, and my resolution for Green Arrow was to regrow the Van Dyke and age. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, that's not my Oliver Queen. <laughs> Grumpy old man whose mouth uh, writes checks that he can't always cash. <laughs> yeah, for real. I literally like how he was portrayed on the television show, the, the early, late 90s, early 2000s, whatever, that Justice League show. Oh, on, on Smallville? No, the the oh, oh no, the show. animated one. Yes, yeah, yes. I yeah, was yeah. I, 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 I like that too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned right. that because I watched it. I uh, I tapped out of Smallville before Green Arrow became a regular. So, yeah, I tried to stick with that one until the end, but it just it lost me. It had some high points in it, some really good things about it, but yeah, Smallville eventually lost me. <laughs> but uh, all right, so yeah, like we said, uh, here we are with uh, Brave the Bold '85. And uh, this is a Neil Adams cover. So, wow. You know, um, we just lost Neil Adams and George Perez, you know, fairly recently. And it sucks. And, man, this cover, I, it screams Neil Adams to me. And I'm not even the greatest at, you know, picking out certain uh, creators and their artwork. But this one, to me, even screams Neil Adams to a, a newbie like me with uh, trying to pick out artists. Yeah, I mean, that's that's... Even like I said, I'm looking at it in the showcase edition in black and white. But I mean, even that—that's Green Arrow. That—that's Green Arrow to me, right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and Neil Adams is one of those guys too that I think his art translates to black and white very well. I he, oh. not every not every artist does, but I think his does. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, this one is the senator's been shot, <laughs> which is the, the cover is really cool. It's got, you know, green arrow here uh, right in front and center. And he's, you know, pulling an arrow back like he's going to shoot somebody with a bow. And then Batman's back there holding on to what looks like Jim Gordon without a mustache. But it's uh, <laughs> apparently a uh, a senator that's uh, just been shot. And, you know, we don't know. Is he alive? Is he dead? We don't know what's going on here yet. But uh yeah, so action right out of the gate here, and a really, really good cover. It's a, uh, you know, I have a, you were saying you have showcase. I have a, a trade paperback of these, you know, the volume one, and it's it's really cool. It looks really good. the The background is like purple, and then it's like the senator's been shot in red in the bottom right hand corner. But you know, Green Arrow looks great. His costume, Batman, everything is pitch perfect. But again, this is what I would expect from a Neil Adams cover. Oh yeah. All right, well, I'll just uh, roll into a little quick synopsis here, and then we can uh, get right into the issue. What do you think? Sounds good. All right, so when the newly voted senator for Gotham City is shot before he can vote on an important anti-crime bill, Bruce Wayne is selected to finish the rest of the senator's term during his recovery so that the crucial deciding vote for the bill can be made. Meanwhile, as Batman, Bruce attempts to find out who was responsible for having the senator shot and along the way, teams up with the Green Arrow to bring the shooter to justice just in time for Bruce to vote on the important bill. So uh, thank you to DC Fandom for the uh, synopsis there, because as I podcast more and more, I get lazier and lazier. And <laughs> <laughs> I do not feel like writing out synopsis all the time. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But I just it, I haven't had it in me much lately. So thank you to that website for that one. So uh all right, so big picture here. Uh, let's look at the uh, opening splash page here. So they get right into it. It's There's no setup here at all. It's just the center has been shot, and there's, you know, uh, Bruce holding on to him. And, you know, we did see, you know, like a bit of a parade, and then kapow, a uh, gunshot. Um, what do you think of that page? Oh, it's a great way to, to draw you in and, and start off, um, you know, there, there's, there's no lead-up. I remember, um, you know, reading a... I can't, I can't remember who, who wrote it, but I, I remember reading a book, you know, about like writing comics and it was like, you know, you want to start as, as far into the action as you can. And I mean, this, you know, we don't even know who, who the senator is. We just uh, know that Bruce Wayne was standing next to him. And uh, yeah, just there's no uh, no preamble. Um, you, you know, it just carries over straight from the cover uh, and you're off to the races. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, sorry, I kind of had a brain fart here. It's uh, written by, of course. Uh, zany bob haney and then uh, the artwork what's interesting on the one website i usually use they say neil adams neil adams neil adams that's all they say for artwork but on that dc fandom uh website they uh cite dick giordano as the inker and neil adams as the penciler and again i don't have a keen enough eye to uh differentiate to be honest with you but it, that's 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 a little bit of a, a difference there and then ben oda on letters so you yeah, knock that out of their way quick in the in the showcase edition, it just says Art Neil Adams, and it does have um, inkers listed for other issues. Um, oh, so maybe it is just Neil. But but yeah, um, the, yeah, this one just says Neil Adams. It, it has Giordano for some other uh, for some other issues inking Adams, but this one just says Adams. Okay, so yeah, wow, like you said, man, you have a splash page like that. You are right into this, you know, especially if you're a kid or just a comic book like maniac like we are you're gonna read this like wow holy crap this is great you know uh, not that a little bit of uh you know uh 
uh, you know, some exposition to just, you know, kind of ease you into things and then have a page like this is bad. I'm not saying that, but this is really cool. It just starts you right out in the action. And, you know, we get Bruce and he's, you know, flying up the stairs and he's going to get his costume on as Batman. And uh, he thinks he found who's, uh, you know, responsible here. And he jumps on the top of a, a like a van, like almost like a moving truck, but it says vote on it. And then uh, they are able to shake the Batman off and he slams into a wall. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not not quite as infallible as we're we're used to seeing Batman uh, today, or it would take a little bit more than I guess a well placed uh, bridge pier to to slow him down. <laughs> yeah, he's not quite Bat God yet. He's he <laughs> he, he still can uh, you know get cold cocked by a, a criminal when he's not <laughs> from behind and he's not looking or whatever. That still happens back in the Bronze Age. He was not quite there yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, the governor then, I'm a little hazy on this. The governor asked Bruce Wayne to replace this senator. And again, I'm a little hazy on the legality of that. I'm not really into politics, so I don't know if that's how it works. It sounds a little weird to me. Maybe it was that way back then, but it's not now. I don't know anything about that. But I thought, really? The governor can just say, hey, Batman, how about you step in as senator? I don't know if that's how that works. Well, I I, I think it probably varies by state. I mean, I know, um, you oh, know yeah. when... Uh, when when a senator dies, um, the governor, at least in some states, can can appoint them. But yeah, I, I'm not sure what whatever it is. I know it wouldn't happen this fast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is like... government do not do not move that that quickly. <laughs> I, I think the party would have to nominate someone and and all that. But uh, you know, we uh, we 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 don't have time for that. This is a very very fast paced story. So yeah, and Bruce is kind of waffling, and he says, "I'll think about it, sir." Um, so he's like, I don't know if I can do it. How can I do that and be committed to being Batman and et cetera, et cetera. So he's, he's not sure what to do there. Then, uh, the scene switches to the penthouse office of Oliver Queen. And, uh, he's, uh, he's sitting here thinking about a, a deal. He's trying to, uh, close with, uh, I don't know if it's with the city or who it is, but he's trying to, to build, you know, uh, what does it say? He's trying to build a second Gotham from landfill. Yeah, so he, New, he, New Island, I think. Is that what it's called, or did I just make he, that up? No, yeah, I think that's what he says. Yeah, plans for and financing for New Island, and it will save uh, this state from bankruptcy. And then he says, but there's another contractor, Argonaut Unlimited, that's trying to uh, outbid him, and it's owned by Miklos Minotaur. So that's a name for you right there. <laughs> it's like a Stan Lee name with the alliteration there. <laughs> yeah, you ever you ever wonder if uh, you know some people in comics would have... Uh, would have had a different life path if their parents had just changed their name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like if his name was Thal Cheerio instead of Sinestro, would would he have been a little bit, you know, nicer yeah. guy? I don't know. Yeah, John Smith maybe or something. Give the guy yeah. a break. Don't give him an evil name to start out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Ollie's all worried. This uh, this guy is gonna. Uh, I shouldn't say outbid him, underbid him, and get the contract, but. Uh, they have some really awesome plans, and they're going to lock him in a safe, and it's going to be all awesome and stuff like that. But then uh, somebody decides they're going to uh, steal the plans, and uh, Ollie, of course, thinks it's somebody working for this uh, Miklos Minotaur guy. So uh, he's like, but I have a duplicate set of plans, so ha-ha. <laughs> so he's, he, he didn't have the plans up. in an arrow. Yeah, really, right? Or in his quiver there. <laughs> yeah, my backup blueprint arrow. Yeah. Okay, so here's the first insanity of this issue. So on page seven, we see Bruce, and he's, uh, I guess he's at a gym here with uh, the other guy here. Is it, um, 
uh, the guy, well, this other guy says, you were right, Bruce. This workout is relaxing me. I've been up tight uh, since dad was shot. So it's apparently the senator's son. And I don't know if I could be going to a gym and doing a workout if my dad's hanging on by a thread at a hospital. But, hey, regardless, um, <laughs> these two have a nice little conversation here. And then Bruce says, um, he says, it's not because I don't want to, Edmund, but I gave an oath to do another job, Batman's job, because I am Batman. And I'm thinking, this guy's going to probably die. Oh, right? yeah. Same, same thing. I, I, I was thinking, the, well, actually, first I was thinking, what? who is this? Vicky Vale? Sorry, I've had a I've, I've had a 30 year beef with uh, Michael Keaton telling Kim Basinger he was Batman on the second date. Maybe um, this is Vinny Vale. <laughs> yeah, there there you go. But yeah, I, I, I had the same thought you, at at first. The way the sun was drawn, I was like, wait, is he the villain? It's been a long time since I've read this. And then, yeah, when he said that, I'm like, well, he's dead. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I thought. He's dead. And again, in the back of my brain, I, I should have something firing off and saying in any other comic but a Haney comic. Yes, he would be dead. But <laughs> clear, clear the slate. That might not happen. So, you know, the guy, he's like the senator. Son is like, Bruce, you Batman. This isn't a dodge. No, it wouldn't be. But why? And he's like, why tell you two reasons? One, you deserve to know. And I'm thinking. Bruce, he really doesn't deserve to know you're Batman. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm not with you on this one. <laughs> what the heck? And he goes, and I need your help, your advice. As a psychiatrist, you'll never reveal my secret again, Bruce, just because this guy's a psychiatrist. So if this guy thinks this psychiatrist, if this, if the Penguin or the, the Joker thinks this guy knows something about you because they've seen you at the gym together, and he kidnaps him and wants dirt on you and puts a gun to his head because he's a psychiatrist. He won't reveal your secret. Well, like, come on. Come on, dude. Also, don't you have to be a patient first? I mean, you know, if you like just, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's tell, no tell, down tell your friend that's a psychiatrist. Hey, I stole something from that store. He's not like, you know, <laughs> obligated to keep your secret. Yeah, I don't think there's confidentiality laws with gym rats. That's yeah. not the way it works. <laughs> and then I, I spotted know. you. How could you tell my secret? And it's funny, too, because in the page before, the senator's son looks like he's fit, but not like huge or anything like that. But then now on that next page, he looks jacked. And so does Bruce, of course. And Bruce is uh, curling. Um, wow. I'm thinking it's probably about 300 pounds, maybe 345 with the bar. And he's curling it like it's nothing. And then the two of them kind of keep talking and walk away. And this giant meathead comes up to it and he can't even lift it off of the off of the rack <laughs> i didn't notice that the first time through but yeah, I'm, I'm i'm looking at that now yeah well he's, he's no struggling back. he's struggling to try to get it off the rack and he looks like he's twice the size of bruce by the way <laughs> so that's great but oh man so now okay back to oliver queen he's on his private chopper here and uh, he's talking about, you know, oh, again, this this deal and he wants to get this deal and the, the prints, the blueprints were stolen. And um, we then uh, see our psychiatrist buddy here later that evening. He's back in his office and some hoods come in. And they put a gun to him and say, hey, uh, you know, we have an appointment with you have an appointment with Mr. Minotaur, doctor. You'll come with us quietly. So they uh, <laughs> they grab him and head out. Can, can, can I point out one thing? Uh-huh. I, I think we might have accidentally skipped over uh, Oliver's chat with uh, the good psychiatrist. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
For some reason, Oliver is in his chopper with this same psychiatrist, and he says to him, I've become dedicated to this and other projects which take up all my time and give me tremendous satisfaction. That sounds a little creepy. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of giving up another side of my life. You see, my other identity is Green Arrow. We've got so, political intrigue, action, and a bit of sitcom comedy here. Yeah, so now in the span of, you know, two hours, six hours, ten hours, maybe tops, this nobody psychiatrist has been uh, Batman, and Bruce Bruce has revealed himself as Batman to him, and so has Oliver Queen as Green Arrow. <laughs> for, no, so for no real apparent reasons here, let's be honest. That, that doctor-patient confidentiality that... They, they assume mm -hmm. exists with anybody who's standing near a psychiatrist. And he's like, I'm sorry if I've shocked you, Ed, but I'd hoped. And Ed says, it's not that, Oliver. I was just thinking of something else. So, again, <laughs> he's he's thinking of uh, Batman and Bruce here in the back of his head. But now he knows another secret. Um, so then, yeah. And let me just make it clear. I, I am laughing with this. I, I, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, this is great. It's crazy. I love it. So then again, oh, those two, the, the two goons for Minotaur show up and kidnap Ed. And, uh, you know, I guess they saw him on the chopper and hanging out with Oliver Queen. Something and otherwise, why are they, you know, kidnapping a psychiatrist? But at any rate, uh, they Could do be because he's the senator's son, maybe. And they're. I I don't know, because that would that would kill two or three birds with one stone. But yeah, I, I don't think they actually uh, explain that, or at least no. not, not on that page. And I like how he says to the one uh, uh, gangster type guy here, he says, uh, you're holding the gun, big man. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> OK, I get real cocky with a nut holding a gun. Probably not a great idea, Mr. Psychiatrist. But hey, well, what, what do I know? But uh, now we get some more action where uh, Batman is uh, in the office. And then Green Arrow shows up. So then the two of them start working together from this point on. Um, and they're going to, you know, they're going to wrap everything up. They're going to take care of Minotaur. They're going to figure out what's going on with the senator and and all that jazz. But uh, Bruce decides the following morning, I hereby accept the office of the United States senator to serve the people of this state. And he says, uh, Minotaur made my uh, made up my mind for me. The anti-crime bill must pass. Which is like, OK, that's all it took. But all right. So, again, I get it. How are you going to pull off being Bruce Wayne, the corporate guy, Batman and being a senator? That is going to be pretty tough to pull off. So I will give him that. Yeah, I uh, I, I just want to see a copy of this anti-crime bill, which has to just say Miklos Minotaur is bad. Yeah, I think I so. I mean, <laughs> again, they're, they're oversimplifying it. But uh, you clearly this was in the era when when politics were not in comics at all. Right. Oh, absolutely. Never. Yeah. No way. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing controversial I mean, either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, it it's not uh, not not a very specific policy, but uh, I just always kind of kind of chuckle when people say that. I remember when politics weren't in comics. I'm like, I don't No. I remember yeah. when they were different, when they were maybe less specific or maybe things that I, you know, agreed with or didn't find challenging but yeah <laughs> i don't think yeah. they were ever not there <laughs> yeah no they've been around for a long time so oh and this is great here we go so green arrow parachutes into a small volcanic island in the mediterranean so somehow he's made it from the good old usa to a small volcanic island in the mediterranean because uh that's where our buddy uh miklos minotaur hangs out i guess it's one of his haunts 
Um, and <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't understand how he found it, like how he figured out it was there. No, because it, he, it's almost like he's following Minotaur's private yacht. But I'm thinking, unless you saw him take that psychiatrist guy on there and him get on there, like, how do you know he's on there? Maybe it's just like his wife or his girlfriend or his grandma or somebody driving that thing. Who knows? That's true. But uh, devil's advocate, I, I don't know that I'd want a couple pages of like Bruce and Oliver, you know, checking uh, shipping manifests or, uh, you know, ownership of yachts and things like that. So I'm 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 willing to stipulate that Green Arrow found him and get get straight to the action. Yeah, for sure. And then he Green Arrow pulls like a bat trick here. He uh, shoots an arrow that has a tracking device on it into the back of it because it's going into this crazy cave and, you know, he can't keep up and this and that. But we do see uh, on the inside there. Uh, Mr. Minotaur here is saying to uh, the senator's son, he says, so, Dr. Cathcart, you will be you will tell me nothing of Bruce Wayne and Oliver Queen. And he says, I'm only their friend, Minotaur. I know nothing about their politics or business. And he says, I think you lie. I've had much more men than you killed for defying me. And he goes, he thinks to himself, I'll bet he has. And my father may yet be added to his list. And then they find the tracking device. And Minotaur says, Whoever he is tracking him, that is, he's now about to become the hunted. This island is also my private hunting preserve, well stocked <laughs> with ravenous prey. <laughs> so this is insane. Green Arrow blast. The signal's gone dead. I'm lost. And he's in these like, they almost look like underground caverns. So I'm thinking, okay. And then the next thing you know, we hear a bunch of uh, insane noises. And uh, I can't still believe what he sees. <laughs> you got what a, a grizzly bear a warthog and some kind of big cat yeah a lion a, a tiger something i, I don't bear. know but oh my yeah it's, it's yeah really it's like uh the yellow brick road here he's on except it's a small volcanic island but he starts shooting arrows left and right and going crazy and it looks like he shoots everything but the bear which is kind of dumb because that's probably the thing he'll have the hardest time with one-on-one. -on -one. So not sure why he killed everything else but the bear, but he starts bear wrestling. <laughs> wasn't wasn't that a band, everything but the bear? If not, it could have been. <laughs> well, it's funny, too, because the page ends with the bear on top of him being like, roar. But then the next page, you see Batman come running in and just say, Green Arrow. And uh, the next thing you know, the, the bear's dead. I don't know how it ever, what happened there. They don't really say what happened. Why, why is the bear dead? I'm going to go, I'm going to headcanon it that Green Arrow got him in some kind of sleeper hold. Mm, maybe. Or jammed a tranquilizer arrow. It, you can't get no prizes for DC Comics, right? He probably did like a Mr. Spock, just pinched his neck and he went out. There you go. Yeah. Oh, and then <laughs> here's the bear was just tired. <laughs> he you didn't see it, but off panel, he was running from clear across the island. He needs some caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's another great part, too. So the two of them are trying to figure out what's going on here and how they're going to find the bad guys and all this. So there's a bat flying around in this underground cavern, and Batman throws a batarang at it. And I thought to myself, what? And Ollie says, why'd you bring the bat down? And he goes, it's going to lead us out of here. Bats have their own radar for navigating any maze or night flying. And with one of our locator transmitters sending signals back to us, it'll lead us to daylight and Minotaur. Okay, what if it just goes right back out the way they came in? Good good point. I'm still trying to figure out how, and I, I guess it's because it's a maze. At first I was wondering, like, 
if you can't see to get out of the cave, how can you see to hit the bat? But I guess the bat's supposed to figure out how to get them out of the cave. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm, when he just, threw they the don't batarang, know which way to go, but they can see. Yeah, and he threw the batarang at it like he probably cold cocked the thing and knocked it completely out. So then, what does he use? Smelling salts to wake it back up? Then, like I don't, because it's laying in his hand, prone, like it's Bruce, dead. Bruce Wayne has spent years living with bats, studying bats. I'm sure that he learned how to, uh, you know, uh, make them docile and then help them recover instantly in case he ever needed to get out of a cave maze. He probably speaks their language like bat ease or something. They're, they're exactly. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure of it. So, maybe, of course, maybe he had this bat in his utility belt. Um, and there you go. It with the battering, I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's I'm, I'm not bat. saying it's impossible. So of course it leads uh, the bat leads the Batman and Green Arrow right to the uh, goons and Minotaur. So they come smashing through the window, and of course somebody puts a gun right to the Doc's head and is like, "Hey, uh, don't move, or we're gonna you know snuff him out here." But uh, Ollie has a trick arrow in it knocks the gun out of his hand or something to that effect or jams the gun. And here we go. Batman does, you know, this insane kick and punches another guy and green arrow. I think he just starts shooting people. He's not, he's not wasting his time with fisticuffs, but uh, of course uh, the Minotaur guy gets away while they're fighting the goons. And then Batman puts uh, his buddy, the psychiatrist, the Senator's son on the bat plane. Not sure how Oliver gets off there though. Maybe he brought his chopper. Here's the thing. I'm not sure that he uh, I'm not sure that he left the island because mm -hmm. the, the caption says soon in the office of Argonaut Unlimited in the same city. So, I mean, I guess that could be referring to Washington, but it seems like it's on the island because, as we'll see on the next page, it, it's it's not in America. Oh, well, you know what I think happens is whatever island this is, apparently there's an American embassy there. So Minotaur, once he steps on the embassy property, he's technically back on American soil so they can arrest him because they say they can't arrest him on foreign soil. There you go. So apparently this is his uh, volcanic island where he has a private James Bond villain headquarters, his own illegal hunting ground. And other people live in a concentration such that the United States has an embassy there. Yeah, so for some reason, Green Arrow can arrest people. I didn't realize he's actually carrying a badge in his tuxedo there. I thought he was just, you know, a member of the Justice League or whatever. But hey, maybe they can arrest people. I didn't realize that was the way it works. And then he punches the guy, too. So I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if that's a great idea, Ollie. Now we're uh, abusing prisoners. Like, I don't know, buddy. You're not making a very good cop here. <laughs> But but the the look on Minotaur's face when he uh, when he's like, hey, you're at an embassy, um, mm -hmm. that is just it reminds me of that. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but remember those old Marvel villains, the Headmen, like the one oh, guy yeah. his head on a gorilla body, and then there was Ruby Thursday, and then there was that dude who just like shrunk his bones. So yeah, shrunken bones. Hanging. Yeah, that <laughs> that that's that's what it what it reminds me of. I just yeah, that that is a great face. Yeah, his face looks really crazy on that panel. It's very good and very detailed, but yeah, the face he's making like he just soiled himself there. So that's yeah. that's, that's pretty awesome. But you know, he gets like I said, he gets punched out, and then uh, moments later, from the embassy roof, we see a uh, a chopper, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, the uh, other senators are like, 
we can't stall the anti-crime bill vote any longer. We have to vote. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, dude. Like nowadays, they'll be like, oh, we need to take a coffee break, or ah, let's just table this for a month. Oh, we need to go on yeah. vacation. We're gonna go on vacation. We'll we'll talk about it in like February. They Somebody filibuster. <laughs> yeah, they don't give a crap. But you know, we got Batman swinging in here to, you know, try to get changed. And uh, this is a little weird too. So the Miklos guy and his goons have all been taken care of. So Batman, who is in the bat plane with. Again, the psychiatrist. Now he's seeing Batman slash Bruce in action here. And he's swinging in and he's like, oh, oh, killer behind the Washington Monument. Minotaur <laughs> must have given orders to get Batman as well as Wayne. Kind of a bonus deal. I'm thinking, what? Like, again, another Haney moment here where I'm thinking, dude, you didn't, we didn't need this. It's over. Just let him have to hurry to get to the vote. That's enough drama. We don't need just some crackpot that's waiting to kill him for no apparent reason. <laughs> like it's so insane. I'm not sure about the scale of the Washington Monument there. But. Yeah, it looks a little fishy there too. It looks like one of those Washington <laughs> Monument like toys you can buy. But there you go. Yeah, throws a batarang and hits the guy in the back of the head and knocks him out. And you know they start the crazy vote and Batman still he's hot footing it uh, over to uh, the building. And then uh, where's Senator Wayne? Where's Senator Wayne? And he walks in just at the last second to vote yes. And yeah, bravo, we've won. And then, uh, okay, we switch back to not long after in the offices of Oliver Queen. And here's the psychiatrist, you know, the senator's son. So you've solved your problem, Oliver? And Oliver says, yes, Ed, New Island is successfully launched. But Green Arrow was just as responsible for that as I am. So I guess there's still room in my life for two identities. And, and later at Wayne Manor, you say you're resigning your Senate seat, Bruce? Bruce says, the bill's passed, Ed, and your father's on the road to recovery. The governors can reappoint him to his old job, a job I couldn't do with Batman, so I've made my choice. Okay, no problem. It, this is a one-time appearance by this senator's son. N literally in a couple of years, nobody will remember who this guy even was. Or again, you could off him still later on, but no. Here's how Bob Haney resolves this. <laughs> even later in his own offices... So, again, three panels, not long after in the offices of Oliver Queen and later at Wayne Manor, even later in his own offices. <laughs> I love the progression there. It's like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, midnight. And he's in like Oliver Queen's not in Gotham City, but Bruce is. And then wherever his own offices are. OK. And he says he's just talking to himself. He is not even a monologue, like an inner monologue here, a thought bubble. He's talking to himself and he says, with both conflicts resolved. I can begin my agreed two sessions of self-hypnosis to wipe the knowledge of these two great heroes' identities from my mind. The end. But see, here's the thing. I don't think he's just talking to no one. I think he's holding a recorder. I think he's oh, dictating okay. that. He's dictating okay. that he's going to forget their identities. So what if somebody gets a hold of that tape? Exactly. <laughs> But I don't know about this. I mean, I don't I don't personally know any psychiatrists, but is it possible to hypnotize yourself and make yourself forget two very specific things? I don't know. I know that I have a talent for forgetting uh, mm -hmm. very specific and important things, but I have no control over it. Yeah, same here. I can't remember. Well, I can remember stuff about comics, but that's about it. That's that's yeah. about as far as my memory goes. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, and 
But again, I don't know. I, I, I assumed he was dictating because that's just what psychiatrists do. But, but I love that. I love that he's dictating it and I'm not demanding to know why you aren't resolving that, uh, that, you know, conflict or whatever. Cause I just, I mean, I have some issues with some of this issue, haha. But there's not a page that I'm not having fun with this. Oh, absolutely, yeah. To me, Zany Haney's comics are, yes, they are crazy, and sometimes the, how he gets to the end, it makes no sense. But they are always fun. I always read them and think, oh, that was a blast. Even if it was so crazy, it's not even really. I shouldn't say believable because we're talking about comics here, but. You know, you, you know what I mean. You get the yeah. gist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, I have fallen into the trap of being one of those comics fans that uh, that bemoans decompression. And I, I think there's something to that. I mean, I, I, you know, can't tell you how many times I've seen writers cram a three or four issue story into a six issue trade. But there's enough going on in here. I feel like this could have been a two parter. I know that's not what they were doing with Brave and the Bold at, at this time. But I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like this could have been a two parter without any fat because there's there's some transitions that just i mean you can go you know like with finding the island okay well i don't need to see them consulting a map or or whatever but it was kind of jarring like oh green arrow is just suddenly on this this island and um some of the other things that i was like i could have maybe used a little more explanation but again i'm thinking that as i'm thinking oh this is fun Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean and this this issue did have a lot of cool stuff and fun stuff going on here like you know, it had the whole, you know, angle and subplot of this crime bill, but then also, you know, Bruce and Ollie having this like almost like crisis of conscience and whether or not they think they could do a better job of helping, you know, regular citizens by, you know, being a senator and whatever Ollie was going to do, build a, a city. You know what I mean? Like, I, I find that really interesting, too. I mean, it, there again, it's a lot of craziness because it's Haney, but. Yeah, it is two really fun plots going on here in this story. Yeah. And I mean, and the it, part of the the um, amusement is, you know, the Bruce Wayne, Oliver Queen, one on top of the other revealing it. I mean, that that's even played for for some laughs in there with, you know, the look on the psychiatrist's face. But um, but I mean, you know, absent that in a in a two issue story or something, that's you know, that that's an interesting parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and the same thing with with, you know, Bruce Wayne. uh you know, could could I could I do more? You know, should I be a senator? I mean, that that's not a bad story. That's not just a crazy. Hey, let's put Batman in Congress. That there's you know there there's a little meat on that bone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we talked too about you know having something like this crime bill in this comic. It to me, it really does work simply because it's not like the driver behind the whole comic. It's more of a subplot. And they don't get into any specifics where, you know, Bruce or any of these other senators are trying to, you know, if there's like an ulterior motive behind the bill or, you know, nobody's trying to get on their soapbox about it. It's just it's a crime bill. It's going to help with crime. And that's it. End of story. And I do yeah. think that's part of the reason why it does work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, I get I get why some people are frustrated when they get into more specific political I'm, I'm doing air quotes as everybody can see in an audio medium because uh, <laughs> i mean most stuff people dismiss as political is very personal to somebody but um you know i i understand why why people may not like that 
I don't I don't mind it when it's a well-told story, maybe even if it's something I don't agree with, but you, you don't want to be hit over the head with it. But yeah, this is just a, hey, this, this is a real-world thing. Uh, what if Batman and Green Arrow were in here? Also, here's a bunch of ravenous predators uh, attacking Green Arrow. <laughs> yeah, th- this one, like we said, it's got those two subplots, and then all of a sudden there's a bear and a lion and... Uh, a warthog, a boar, trying to <laughs> kill Green Arrow <laughs> from you know one page to the next. It's just like it, it's again, and this is that's that's Haney one hundred and one. You yeah. can get you pretty much get that in almost every one of his comics. It can go from something that's very standard comic book fare to something absurd in the snap of a fingers. And th- those two pages with Green Arrow. I mean, even though you don't like at first, I noticed it seems like there were a lot more animals than you could see. Or, or there mm-hmm. should have been more animals, but I mean, that that action sequence and the close-ups on Green Arrow, I mean, that that's an awesome set of pages. Oh yeah, yeah, page that's, fourteen there, where he's yeah. you know, at the, the top left-hand panel. That's a really, really good panel. And then the next one's a close-up on his face. That one looks really good too. Those are really good. I mean, it's, well, it's Neil Adams. I mean, yeah, and I mean the bottom one, he's he's firing off three arrows. I mean, even though that you know, there's there's nothing in the background. It at first I want to say it almost felt felt a little rushed, but I mean it. His his rendering of Green Arrow doesn't doesn't look rushed at all, and I mean that's that mm-hmm. showed you the speed and and the skill he has. I mean that's that, that that's a pretty cool sequence. Yeah, I think they just want the focus to be totally on him. That's why it's just a solid it's a solid red maroon background, and I I think that was a good choice because if it yeah. wasn't a solid background and you had other crap back there, it would you know pull your focus away a little bit from what they really wanted you to focus on, which was him. You know, like you said, this this motion effect of him, yeah. you know, to to the left, center, and then to the right, kind of shooting the arrows at the uh, at the animals. And that's probably a place where where seeing it in color that would have been more effective. I mean, as as much as I love the, uh, you know, the the discount and you know all the pages they pack into the showcase and, and essentials, uh, you know, th- there is something to be said for the for the the color. So I I think that would have been one panel. I mean, it looks great in black and white, but it would have worked even better with that with that focus with the color yeah yeah it really does it really does it looks great but all right well any uh final thoughts on this one i don't, I don't think so I, I think we covered most of the most of the highlights uh for me um i mean yeah just uh you know some some stuff that didn't make sense but uh outweighed by a whole lot of fun cool action um you know, a little bit of history with that that first uh Green Green Arrow costume, yeah, he's up there with Daredevil as people whose uh, whose second costume really uh, really stuck better than the original. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. So, all right, well, how about this? How about what would you pick out here? One moment where you're thinking, okay, this is the the, the best uh, or craziest, funniest uh, Haney moment of uh, of the uh, issue. What would that be for you? Um, I'm I'm kind of split, but I'll, I'll I'll only I'll only take one. So in, in case you you want the other one, but I, my my favorite moment, uh, even though it may not be quite as crazy as some of the others, is when uh, when Minotaur realizes he's on American soil. Just that that <laughs> that look on his face, and I mean I I know it's something. I mean that's been played with in you know TV and, and not just comics. Um, you know even uh, I remember Homer Simpson jumping back and forth from Australia to America. <laughs> uh, in an episode of the the Simpsons, but I, I, I don't I don't know I just like that and the the look on on his face, just that I mean you can you can hear him going Ugh? 
and uh, the way the way Adams does that, I just that 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 was a, a great moment for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. For me, I will. I could. Well, there's probably five or six things I could pick, but I will roll with, you know, the very end and the uh, psychiatrist saying how he's going to uh, somehow uh, convince himself to forget about the two, you know, heroes' secret identities. <laughs> That's just great. <laughs> I also wonder if he's going if that's going to be a problem when he sees he's gotten large payments from Oliver Queen and Bruce Wayne, or worse yet, if he did all this and they didn't even pay him anything. <laughs> yeah, maybe they just got a bunch of free advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, you you there has to be a contract for that doctor patient. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I love it, but yeah, too funny and lots of funny moments in this one. But like you said, again. I, you get done reading this comic. Yes, it was crazy. It was wild, but it was fun. You know, you're going to read this comic and you're going to have a good time. Absolutely. All right, my friend. So why don't we transition here to what you have going on? So you have a blog. And uh, so why don't you talk about that for a minute? Okay. Well, it's uh, asterisk51.blogspot.com. Um, the, the asterisk is spelled out. Um, I, actually, I'll, I'll spare you. I, I've, I've got, a, got a post on there explaining the name. Um, but I basically write about comics, uh, occasionally movies, sometimes uh, movies about comics, comics about movies, uh, occasionally shoehorn in a sports reference, um, you know, kind of just what, whatever's going through my mind. Um, I try to keep it topical with read-throughs of both Secret Defenders and Clandestine from, uh, from you know, a whole year apart in the 90s, so it's really covering a vast array of Marvel uh, history. But, um, you know, just uh, I, I need to get a little bit more DC on there. Uh, so you, you, you help me, uh, you know, uh, give give equal time here to uh, the, the distinguished competition, as it were. Um, I hope nobody uh, hearing this is, is offended. Uh, nothing wrong with DC. I just I just grew up a, a Marvel guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's uh, what I'm working on. Just try to find, uh, you know, we- weird moments in, in comic history. I mean. Everybody will give you a list of great Spider-Man stories, but I'll tell you about the time Spider-Man taught the Beyonder to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think that was a was that the the second part there, Secret Wars Two. Secret Wars Two, yes, indeed. Mm, what a gem, right? Yeah. Well, hey, I, it, it's got a special <laughs> place in my heart because it's one of the first like event series I bought, you know, like in in one thing at at uh, one of those a- antique stores. Um, yeah, oh, I was looking for for furniture and decorations, and I'm like, "Hey, comics!" So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so I, I had I had the entirety of Secret Wars two right there in my hot little hand. Well, I love to hit up some antique shops as well, and uh, here's a, a fun little story. So, I was at one, I think, last year, and I found two Golden Age comics. Um, one that was coverless, and it may have been missing a page or two. It was. Uh, Oh, I can't remember the female character's name, but she was a huge female character during World War II, and she'd fight Nazis and stuff like that. Is it Miss something? Oh, crap. I can't remember her name, but she was a a big deal back then. And then I found the second Golden Age comic was, oh, I can't even remember what the heck it was called now, but it had a cutout, like where the... uh, the comic book company's like logo was was cut out, but otherwise that one was in 
decent shape for a comic from the 40s. And I parlayed both of them into uh, The Demon Number 1 by Jack Kirby from 1972. Nice. A real nice copy, too. So, yeah, that nice. was great. So, yeah, hit up those antique shops. <laughs> I, I went to a, an antique shop in my, in my hometown and pulled out uh, Giant Size Avengers Number 1. Which was like uh, one of those big uh, team up things where some reserve Avengers came in and they split up into multiple uh, multiple teams and were fighting the Mandarin. Mm -hmm. Two bucks. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Pulled it out. Cover fell off. (laughs) It was two bucks. It was still it was still cool to find. Oh, yeah. I still would have grabbed that sucker. Yeah. If you can find something like that for a couple bucks, even if the cover is not attached anymore, that's still worth it. Still a good deal. Yes, indeed. Okay, well, Dan, I, I keep I keep hijacking your your DC centric show to talk about Marvel. Okay, <laughs> okay, but uh, and then you're also part, like I said uh, in the beginning, of Superblog Team Up as well. So the last uh, one that was out was uh, I believe it was a uh, was it the George Perez tribute? Uh, the the Im- image anniversary. All right, image anniversary. Yep, that's right. I totally forgot. Yep. Yeah, so so that I, was one I finally got around to reading Spawn number one thirty years later. <laughs> hey don't let todd hear you say that <laughs> hey, i was I, I was with todd uh mcfarlane and peter david on the hulk was the first comic i regularly collected the mm. first time i actually bought the next issue yeah that was actually good stuff i enjoyed that stuff oh yeah yeah peter david still remains my, probably my favorite writer oh yeah he's a good one for sure i like his spider-man work too man oh yeah and he's Absolutely. doing a. Uh, a new Fantastic Four flashback series now. Oh, wow. Good for him. Yeah. Hey, anybody that's still working that's been around since, what, the mid-80s, early 80s, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, all right, my friend. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show here. This was great. Uh, you know, hopefully down the road here we can talk uh, some more crazy uh, Brave and the Bold or Zany Haney and some other uh, form here. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, we'll have to get our heads together after uh, after the recording here. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the the invite, and uh, yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. Um, like I said, I, I'm not as well versed in in DC history, but uh, I I, I lo- love this kind of stuff, one and done, just fun issues, and uh, and I love me some Green Arrow. So, absolutely. So, all right. Well, everybody, uh, stick around uh, after I hit a promo real quick. Here, I'll be back to wrap up the show. Imagine a podcast that celebrates the things we love. Why spend time being so angry and cynical about our fandoms? Join me, the Irredeemable Shag, for a show where we're just trying to be happy. The Once Upon a Geek Podcast. Our discussions focus on a variety of geeky subjects that we're passionate about. While the topics will be ever-changing, our focus will be on science fiction, comic books, what it means to be a geek in this world, and other nostalgia-fueled ideas. Life is short. Focus on the positive. Find your joy. The Once Upon a Geek Podcast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Okay, everybody, that's going to wrap up episode three. Uh, Once again, I'd like to thank Evan for being on the show. Uh, Good guy. Definitely check out his blog and... uh, you know, uh, when Superblog Team Up uh, has one of their events fire off, definitely check out his stuff there too. It's uh, it's always a fun time when there's a, a get together there with those uh, crew. So again, thanks Evan for being on the show, and uh, everybody, uh, you know, stay tuned.
just two weeks and uh, have another episode uh, out the door. So get ready. It's going to be another fun one. All right. Take care.